0: review y'all jump the rest of them jump my boy john Hastings! john Hastings up in bitch and that dude dylan got bro dylan got so what you got you know what it is come on Oh, yeah. Oh, turn it down, John. This movie's coming. This movie. This movie studio podcast is coming in hot. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Vince McMahon's You Can't Keep Me Out of Hollywood because I made my own Hollywood. That's right. It's the WWE Studios.
1: That's right. I'm Dylan Gott. That was John Hastings. This is the Wrestler Review. Did you just call you? Hang on. Hang on. Did you just call yourself Fun Gott? <laughs> I hope so. I'm Fun Gott, and that's Frown Hastings. Oh. We're- this is a kid's podcast now. Yeah.
0: We've deleted all the other episodes, so get your fudgers out. Yeah, the only come we talk about is when we're saying, hey, come over here. There you
1: go. You're going to learn about your body from two perverts behind a van. Not us,
0: though. A guy named Gus and a guy named Will. We've hired them.
1: <laughs> um, I want to talk about this. I really think it's fun how, like you said, Vince McMahon wanted to go into Hollywood. So we should talk about... How WWE films started to begin with. And it was with No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred was the uh, peach basket basketball before the NBA to this WWE film.
0: What a fucking metaphor. Absolutely. And that peach basket was filled with human shit and Stan Hansen notes. (laughs) It's so funny that Stan Hansen was like, as a wrestler,
1: you're not in my. You're not. You're one of the best wrestlers of all time, yes, but you work too stiff. What we're going to do is. Call a guy's small at a urinal. That's what we see for you, Stan. That we, want, we wanted your character to be that in 1989. With Stan Hansen's coming down, and he doesn't like the size of the Repo Man's penis.
0: <laughs> Do you understand that that could have been the most Attitude Era character ever? And in this corner, Stan the Peeper Hansen. You know that
1: Vince McMahon had to be... Um, Actually talk down from just call, bringing, like, get me Stan Hansen, or we're having him called the Body Shamer. Yeah. Teeny wieners, teeny titties, you get clotheslined, yeah. lariat.
0: Yeah, an entire segment of Raw is devoted to him just looking at a woman and going, love handles and not the kind I like. Uh, ivory beef curtains like some sort of steakhouse made out of venison pelts. Like, it would have been... <laughs> <laughs> Also, can I just point out the levity and lightness in our voice that we're not directly talking about Vince McMahon? This is—do you understand how much more fun these episodes are at this point?
1: Well, it's since come out that Netflix is doing a, along with Bill Simmons from The Ringer. Yes, they're doing a uh, Vince McMahon documentary. We've got some tweets from our uh, fans who have been tweeting at Netflix and tweeting at old Davey Boy Meltzer when he announced it, and one one of them used the word exhaustive, and. Never has a word been more appropriate than this has been an exhaustive struggle against literally in this time when we started this 2020 was the year everyone was going to get in shape and now everyone's just hoping something worse than the Great Depression doesn't
0: happen. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 was going to be the year everyone was going to get fucking sick and I was going to uh, travel a lot and uh, all that. Yeah. You had a you had a
1: whole you had an Australian uh, you had an Australian tour lined up for three months. Not that that's irregular, but three months.
0: No, no, I had... A, I was a It was six... I had three months of touring that I lost. I had basically the lion's share of my income that was lost because of the coronavirus. And now what I do is I talk about Vince McMahon and I do uh, streaming on Twitch five days a week. And I got to tell you, I vastly prefer Twitch to traveling around the world. By the way, that's John Hastings' comedy <laughs> on Twitch. It's getting pretty fun. Uh, Uncle Diamond is, of course, making his presence known, as is his stew face. And... Um. Uh. Um. Uh. Baldy three. All cum monkeys extraordinaire. I will tell you what.
1: I. I assume on Twitch that Uncle Diamond just all caps locks goes buy a whore and kill her. No, actually, <laughs> yesterday I got to. He a- calls you and you're like, "How did you get this number?" It's like, "It's easy
0: if you lick enough people, buy a whore." I gotta tell you, what's crazy about it is it started off about. um We started talking about drug use, and then we ended with a very, very introspective political discussion while I, of course, was uh, taking ladies on dates in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas.
1: (laughs) That's the funniest part where it's like, just... There's that one lady where all you gotta do is dress up in the gimp costume, and you just fucking fuck her sick. Yep, there's that one. Um, oh, yeah. San
0: Andreas is the best game. Anyway, we should talk about... Yeah, go for it. I just got to figure out how to do hot chocolate. That's what the entire Twitch stream wants. But I'll tell you what this the entire Come Monkey uh, universe wants, and that's us to talk more about WWE films. So the, No Holds Barred was his first salvo. Uh, and he also likely envisioned moving into films um, that, like that extended the characters that kept the brand moving. Because unfortunately, at one point in the 80s, Vince McMahon read one business book. So therefore, he tr- genuinely and truly believes he knows everything that's going on about business. Which is the worst thing, because hes it's like when he l- watched The Dark Knight. He then learned about having someone say, why so serious? He read half of an article on business, learned the word brand, and then started a movie studio to extend the brand without having any idea how or what that means.
1: Yeah, Vince McMahon is the walking version of the Dunning-Kruger effect, wherein... The less you know about something, the more you think you know, and the more about you know about something, the less you think you know. Vince McMahon read one book. He is just, and I grew up with a ton of these guys, he's the guy who works out all the time who read half of a book, and he got bored, but he got the gist
0: because he fucking knows better than that fucking
1: nerd who wrote a book.
0: Oh, yeah. Basically, he's every male comedian that we worked with in Canada. Uh, in, That's very uh- funny.
1: Yeah, he's a comedian who owns a leather jacket that's too small for him, oh, but yeah. he doesn't matter. They he's sweating visibly from stage because he's got some fucking dark comedy to lay on you. The amount of
0: people... Dylan and I have both... Terry Shivo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is, yeah. And we're talking, like, <laughs> old school...
1: 55-year-old man with Terry joke. Yeah. No, I'm not allowed to see my daughter.
0: Hurricane Katrina. My kids think I'm disrespectful just because I hired Paul Bernardo as their babysitter.
1: Ooh! he kills people that's that joke yeah that that, i realized that reference was very southern ontario niche um there is i guarantee the the crossover between wrestling fans and serial killer fans is uh i shouldn't say fans serial
0: killer no no that's the right term your fans as 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 a fan of most serial killers yeah (laughs) listen if serial killers didn't want to be so interesting why did they do something so fun that's all i'm saying um that's true Now, what's interesting is the first big moment where he comes out of the I-want-to-make-movies closet is in Beyond the Mat, a movie that I guarantee Vince McMahon regrets being involved in and looking back is a much harder watch now than it was at the time. And yeah, Vince McMahon made a lot of calculated errors that inform his media strategy to this day, Mm. such as um, talking to the media, all of that sort of stuff. Instead, what he's done, what he ends up doing is uh, he... He falls ass backwards in the movie industry pretty easily in the fact that The Rock um, is in the first, is in the Mummy two, and then they make the Scorpion King, which was sort of a inspired sequel prequel to that, which didn't really make any sense. And it was also at the time when Vince McMahon was considered a fucking kid whisperer, and everyone in Hollywood wanted to work with him, so he, they, he was able to get a producer credit. He was able to produce that movie, and that movie was relatively pretty successful for the time um but the thing is is that the rock was smart and went all right i can't just make movies with vincent man i will pay for the use of my name the rock and i'm gonna go on to other fucking films and he did that movie with sean William scott and arnold schwarzenegger who goes and goes have fun whatever fucking movie that was called that was excellent in the jungle with christopher the rundown oh great movie
1: Just a fun action movie, really. But this is what happens is, and this is what the, I mean, Hobson theorizes this, and I could certainly see it, is that they didn't want to call him Dwayne Johnson just yet. So instead, they call him The Rock, and to use the Rock name, of course, you have to have
0: WWE involved, and WWE gets co-producer credits. Yes, that's true, but it's also moving forward, um, he had to pay a ungodly amount of money to Vince McMahon to use the name The Rock for quite some time. It wasn't until the contract falling out after WrestleMania 19 or 20 where he wasn't around for a long time was when he got the name. Like it was a shit fuck of a long time.
1: Yeah, and that's very interesting because he is called Dwayne The Rock Johnson and that's still how he's talked about. That's obviously still all social media handles are The Rock and he really was the reason that WWE got into film so easily is because, I mean, we'll do a episode of The Rock, I'm assuming, before we both die, but The Rock, it cannot be stated. He hosted Saturday Night Live, and it was kind of an ensemble thing where The Rock hosted, Triple H hosted, and Big Show and Mankind. No, no, no. The Rock hosted, but those other guys showed yeah, up. But that's what I'm saying. Oh, like, okay. So B- Big Show got... Um, a bit of acting work because he was good in in the show. He showed, but he also had done that on TV. What it really showed to everybody in Saturday Night Live was, oh, this guy isn't playing an extension of himself. Like Triple H and um, Foley, that's awesome. They were, it was great, but they were like, oh, these guys are kind of awkward or whatever. The Rock really came off like, oh, this guy can also just host entertainment tonight and be a fucking asshole like he actually has range yeah. which you would never expect from a wrestler so they obviously put him in movies this begins the whole thing where he stops doing steroids to be lean out and then it becomes obvious that no man you should do way more
0: steroids and now we have the steroid no, rock no no he doesn't do any steroids he just eats oh sorry he's just in his 50s and he d- gets that body from eating bison meat uh I will have you That
1: down. is that is what uh that is what
0: was it there's a guy in uh UFC
1: Alistair Overeem who gained uh, 50 pounds of muscle in a year, and they were like, how did you do that? And he was like, oh, horse meat. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, horse meat is actually really good for you. And then he tested so positive that the test broke, and he went, "Uh uh-oh, new test, and then he tested positive for that test. And that was just like a bit of his piss that was on the ground.
0: I got to tell you, there's nothing more I enjoy in life more than when UFC fighters claim that they are not on steroids, because to a man every time they're like i am not on steroids and they're like uh you just did you just peed and it wasn't a drug test and your pee has veins and muscles so i think you're on steroids and they're like absolutely <laughs> your not. pee got angry that the tv didn't
1: work and broke my tv yeah
0: yeah your pee just beat up your daughter i think you're on steroids and he's like yeah maybe i am
1: well there's a lot of good they used to do a ufc cribs and they stopped that because uh anderson silva who is a legendary fighter? Some say he's the greatest of all time. He was just in his house, and behind him was a bunch of uh, was a bunch of just like medical stuff. And someone zoomed in on it, and it was all human growth hormone. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this was, <laughs> and he's like one of the thin ones. So, but who cares? The Rock is on steroids, and you know what? He looks great. I'm gonna start doing steroids because I want to look a bit buff before I die. But this is the way they get into WWE. Does. Producing movies and it's a great way to do it. Where you're associated already with a major, really good-looking, and that's the thing. With that, once WWE Films leaves the studio system, that's what they lose. Is the their their films don't look like that. Obviously, they don't look like the rundown. They don't look like the Scorpion King.
0: No, and that's and by the way they. But but again, by the way, they could be. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but part part of the problem is is it's a movie studio not run by movie people in the same way that a wrestling company run by Ted Turner is not the same as the wrestling company run by Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff can pretend to be a marketing guy and he can be friends with the fucking bully from the Wonder Years All He Wants. He is a wrestling guy. He knows the look and appearance of how wrestling should be presented in the same way that Dana White knows how UFC should be presented. Don King knows how boxing should be there's a certain look to all of these things that works xfl didn't work the first time because that's not the presentation package people actually want for football and when it comes to movies there's a specific way to do it and that actually does cost a lot of money to start up. Once you have a movie studio running, it I, in a weird way it is a license to print money because of all of the um sort of tentacle ancillary, I think is the word co- uh, ancillary sources of income you get from making a movie franchise, which is why big giant conglomerates always end up having movie studios. All you have to do is figure out how to adjust with the marketplace and they'll continue to make money. We're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic and Like, fucking the CEOs of Disney are continually just fucking pennies because they have so much money because of how well they've set this up. If Vince McMahon in the early days had actually gone, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get new exciting filmmakers. We're going to make cheap, well-produced, good-looking action films that are fun, stupid, and 90 minutes long. This would be a very easy and well-oiled source of income for his company. Also, if he had called it Titan films and not WWE films, also would be doing a lot better. That is a very, very good
1: point, where they call it WWE films, so it is like the exact way of the XFL, of people aren't really understanding what they were going to get at first, and much like the XFL, I think. So they take two years off between Walking Tall and See No Evil, the release of See No Evil, but clearly... The plans are there. They you work with Universal and MGM um, for The Rundown in 2003 and Walking Tall in 2004. The Rundown does critically pretty well,
0: but at the box
1: office doesn't do well, neither does Walking Tall.
0: Walking Tall, walking tall by the way, is the MAGA movement if it was a movie. It's about a guy yeah. who moves to a town. There's drug dealers in Johnny Knoxville, and he gets a 2x4, and then he hits a lot of them with the 2x4, and that is the entire movie. What the fuck? And, um, yeah,
1: and people were pissed off because The Rock is obviously not a white man, and the one in the 70s was starring a white man.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Dylan, and by people, it means Dylan. Dylan was a va- Dylan, the yeah. amount of- I started a letter writing campaign, and I forged a bunch of signatures. The amount of blog posts that Dylan sent me about this, like, he's just like, this is mm. raw. This is, he kept just calling it a bunch of malarkey. I was like, Geo
1: Cities. This is a Geo country now. Oh, Look how many blog posts I have. boy. Joel Simon, they got a big producer on here. Joel Simon, uh, he was formerly the president of Quincy Jones Media Group and David Saltzman Productions. Uh, he had feature production credits in X Men and X Men 2, Till Death Do Us Part with Michael Douglas, Wild Wild West, Hard to Kill, Married to the Mob. So this guy is. Not associated with one movie that's like a well-known drama that's very powerful. This is the part where this is the part what I really like is that when it begins, WWE Studios, what became WWE Studios, understands what they're doing because here's what they do. First thing they do, they have a theatrical release for See No Evil. See No Evil does make money. See No Evil made ten million dollars because here's what happened, and it's not wasn't unprecedented is that Kane showed up to the premiere. As Jacob Goodnight and Freddy and Freddy versus Jason, the guys did the exact same thing. So this is not unprecedented in horror movies. Horror movie was the perfect first movie for them to
0: have. Kane fucking choke people onto hooks. Yolo. It's so crazy. It's so fucking crazy that um, that he shows up as Jacob Goodnight. Because also, weren't they doing some sort of promo thing for Ceno Evil during Raw? Like, wasn't the thing like the release date was also constant? Pardon me, what was that?
1: Yeah, they were doing uh, the release date they were building up and they would just flash it on the screen. And they had Kane in, oh my god, was this a thing against Snitsky? But they had Kane in like a pretty prominent storyline. And honestly, I think that this is, WWE Studios was a good thing to get people off TV and then you release a movie Starring them, that's kind of them playing their character, but they obviously move away from that as we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's also one of those things where this is also the weird time of they. This is again, this is because what year we're in? Two thousand and three. This is also the pushing of Kane. See no evil doesn't really. It's two thousand six. Pardon me, it's two thousand six. So this is another time where they're pushing Kane. Is this fake Kane? Fake Kane? Isn't there because there's two Kanes at this point? Anyway, it's not important. This is just a weird time to use Kane, all that sort of stuff. I'll tell you what's happening here, though. This is the exact year that, like, April
1: 30th, Vince McMahon uh, and Shane McMahon beat God and Shawn Michaels in a tag match. So, <laughs> he's he's doing some
0: things. Oh, yeah, he's making moves. And, again, See No Evil was just the opening salvo to the Citizen Kane, the Avengers series of the WWE Studios, and that is, of course, The Marine. If Vince McMahon decides you are getting more than an... It, the Marine fran- movie franchise basically becomes the intercontinental title of the uh, of the <laughs> WWE. In that it's like, listen, you're not going to be the champ right now, but we need to give you something. You're going to just be in the Marine. Now, the Marines plot... I've not seen any of these movies, but as I understand it, he's a Marine. Something happens to his wife, and he kills a town of bad guys. And there's somehow nine of those movies. <laughs>
1: It's Rambo, it's Commando, it's all of those movies where, like, I was just trying to retire, but then you came to my island and then you fucking told my wife she couldn't have salt. She was putting too much salt on her
0: goddamn eggs. I'll kill
1: you and every one of your fucking friends,
0: buddy. Uh, uh, And by the way, Vince McMahon uh, writes all of these movies. How he wrote The Marine was he was uh, in the locker room and uh, The Undertaker just kept talking about his, his yard, and um, Vince was like, "Well, what happens if someone comes into your yard, Mark?" And then Mark's like, hey, "Well, you know the Marines. I'm like a Marine, but of of Viking and of UFC. So I just fight them, and then I'd uh, fucking have sex with my wife on the on the freshly cut grass because nothing fucking smells better than the smell of pussy juice and freshly cut grass." <laughs> and Vince McMahon was just like, "God damn, that's a movie, but that's a fucking movie."
1: I we should mention that the director of See No Evil. Uh, oh gregory dark
0: ma- uh former porn. uh, yeah. for- uh what? Yeah. did he work in porn or does his name sound like he works in porn
1: i mean no he worked in porn in the 80s and then he moved to music videos and then he fucking saw some evil I'll tell
0: you that i mean i gotta tell you imagine working for vincent man and then thinking like man i wish i was working with an e- ethical producer like when i was doing gag porn <laughs> <laughs> i mean no he was doing 80s
1: porn so it was a lot of bush
0: and mm. someone's got a pizza. I mean, I got to tell you, I've been watching as we all know as documented here on the very, on the program, mm. I've been of course mm. screening a lot more 80s porn because I find it to be a lot more pleasant because none of them are related in storyline. In the 70s and the <laughs> 2000s a lot of relations going on in porn, but in the in the 80s, they're just people with jobs.
1: It's been a hard day. I got a bit of a break. Do you want to hump? First <laughs> of all, let me say consensually, yes. <laughs> Do you want
0: to hump? We both clearly said yes. Oh, that's very good. Is that how you get it down with your wife? You just look at her and go, time to hump. Yeah, let's hump. <laughs> uh, following the Marine is The Condemned. The Condemned, of course, stars Steve Austin, and he treats everyone like he treated Deborah McMichael. The Condemned is, classic,
1: Prison Island, boom, billionaire, wants these prisoners to fucking kill each other. Vinnie Jones versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, need I fucking say more? These first movies, they do a really good job of getting one person who you know peripherally to be in the movie. Like, the Marine um, was Robert Patrick and John Cena. They tried to get Al Pacino, but he wanted too much money. I mean, I love. I want to know every Al- day Al Pacino
0: because yeah. I guarantee Al Pacino does not use an agent; negotiates himself. And Vince McMahon is like, oh, oh yeah, finally! I bet you that him and Vince McMahon had a dinner where they were negotiating that just ended with them full naked, covered in mud, just singing. Really racist songs. Like I guarantee, like it got real weird real fast. Like they were like, "What do you want for this?" I want a little bit of the gross. And then Al Pacino raised an eyebrow, Vince raised an eyebrow, and they just started breaking things in the restaurant they were in. Like they they were in an upper they were an Upper West Side Italian eatery. Before the appetizers arrived, they they were taking their knives and just fucking chipping wood off of the table just like and this is what i'm gonna do to you if you don't give me the money if you're not in my film Al, this is gonna be beverly d'angelo's and then he just breaks a chair over his knee <laughs>
1: this is the all right so this is what we should mention too is the marine they immediately stop spending money in certain places because in, <laughs> in the marine john bonito is the director and he definitely most of his credits are just some raws oh they yes he's the director from raw Where this is also Vince McMahon, he's like, why the fuck would I get someone who knows how to write movies? Michael P.S. Hayes will write the goddamn thing.
0: Yeah, why do I need a film director when I have Kevin Dunn, who has a camera? Go ahead. Like, bear in mind, Triple H and Shawn Michael, I don't, this is apocryphal, but I believe it to be true, which was when McFoley started doing stand-up and then went to Raw, apparently Shawn Michaels and Triple H sat him down and were like, why are you doing stand-up? We are much funnier than you. When we go out, on Monday Night Raw, people laugh at the stuff we say because we're DX. You're Mankind. You shouldn't be doing stand-up. You have to remember that's the wrestling philosophy. It's like... Um it's again going back to porn. It would be like if Peter North actually thought he was a doctor because in in <laughs> in let's play doctor, he played a surgeon whose uh, job was like, "Oh, we, this woman's got too many orgasms lodged in her vagina. Someone has to unclog her pussy." I'll do it. Like, do you understand yeah. who you like Hollywood didn't know what was fucking hitting them when fucking wrestling joined the fucking fray. Like but they also prove
1: something very important with the marine because the marine grosses 22.2 million on a 15 million dollar budget right that is you're making 7 million dollars but that's not obviously including all the ancillary costs of promoting the movie and all this which the WWE is in a very interesting cuz they can just literally get paid to promote their own movie every Monday on Raw and Have they have they can have a fucking three hour commercial for this goddamn shit if they want to, which they do. They changed John Cena's entire character to be the Marine. Where it really excels is, and this is a very 2006 thing, it made in just um, three months. It made 30 million dollars on DVDs, and that changes the entire model for WWE. Absolutely, because
0: Vince McMahon. And by the way, this also bleeds into every other aspect in that they start... they had already been pumping out a lot of DVDs, but 2006, 2007, 2008, this is literally like every fucking thing we can make a goddamn DVD of. Uh, Welcome to Hulk Hogan's Stool Samples DVD. It's all the different shits he did. Well, and this is the other thing where they... Um, they
1: ECW 1A Stand proves it, that they can make all this fucking money off DVDs. And then after the Marine... They, I'm sure, were contractually obligated to do two more movies. Uh, Lionsgate uh, helped with The Condemned with Austin. And behind Enemy Lines Columbia with Mr. Kennedy was released in 2009. Um... Which is very funny because when does Benoit go all buck wild and hit him up style? That was 2008, so they probably are like, "Oh fuck," they had to release Mr. Kennedy, and then now, um, <laughs> now they have a movie with him. So that's 20th Century Fox that goes straight to video. But from 12 Rounds, 12 Rounds in 2009, The Marine Two, Legendary with John Cena, Knucklehead. Um, oh no, sorry. So The Marine Two and 12 Rounds both were just, just fucking. Straight to DVD. No, Twelve Rounds got a theatrical release, but most of these are just going straight to video now because they don't really need help distributing them. Because
0: <sighs> no, because what they're doing is they're doing that thing that they've const—they've been doing in all of the two thousands. And Vince Man, for all of his evil, is very clever and he is very good at exploiting the loyalty of his fan base. He's aware that he has a certain yeah. amount of people that literally every month go, "I will never watch this product again," until next week and. Um, yeah.
1: There's a lot of people also who just will buy any WWE thing who aren't on Twitter all day.
0: Yeah. The, and Dylan's related. D- don't you know someone who's literally bought Ceno Evil on Blu-ray and DVD? One side of my family,
1: my cousin, Danny, lovely man, has bought, uh, d- yeah, Ceno Evil on DVD and Blu-ray because he needs to see the movie. He owns He owns most WWE movies. And then my uncle, Bill, um, up until recently, just didn't get the internet, so he was paying $60 a month to watch, like, every WWE pay-per-view. When you're like, oh, who the fuck is going to watch the fucking Miz just face Rusev? It's at 1 a.m. 2009 is a big year because this is the year where they just start being like, fuck it, 12 rounds, John Cena, boom, Ted DiBiase Jr., because remember,
0: they were going to push Ted DiBiase Jr. He was as evidence sick, by man. I him. love Ted DiBiase Jr. When Who was originally supposed to be in the fucking Marine 2, though? Uh, Chris Penwa. Benoit. Chris Penwa's kid. Randy Orton. Oh, and Randy Orton couldn't do it because the director showed up to set and Randy Orton had just shit in his car. How'd you shit in my car? Because uh, fuck you, man. That's how I fucking do it. No, this is... Honestly, it's even better than that. I mean, okay, let's see if I can guess. Sure, try again. Um... The director showed up to set, and Randy Orton's like, hey, you know your wife? I fucked her. And he's like, I'm not even married. And he's like, no, I fucked a bunch of women, you know, to make sure that I fucked your eventual wife, man. So here's what happened. Randy
1: Orton was supposed to be the Marine, and then the the actual Marines stepped in and said no. Because of his actual military background, he disobeyed a direct order, went AWOL twice, he was court-martialed, and spent 38 days in prison. Uh, this is Corporal Mike Vin of, that's right, The actual fucking Marines, he said, about Orton, I am disgusted that his face and the word Marine are being used next to to each other, real or fake? Because the fact that he quit us, the country, and the Marine Corps, he in the role of a Marine is a disgrace to have worn and were wearing that uniform.
0: I don't want to be rude and disrespectful to military service, but bear in mind that is a man who has killed someone, looked at Randy Orton's face, and went, now that's the face of a disgusting human. <laughs> listen buddy that's
1: randy orton oh man just such a rich kid randy orton is and oh stuff like yeah, that yeah made yeah. him the greatest heel of all time
0: i guarantee randy or like and i guarantee randy orton's reaction to that was like oh, i didn't realize the marine had a bunch of fucking guys that like to sleep with other guys because i'm fucking cool though
1: Yeah, he was like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were on your fucking period. Yo,
0: hey, I'm going to go call a White House. Can I get connected to the Marines? I want to let them know that they're not straight, like me. Hey, uh,
1: you must have caught me jacking off and you jacked off because you're on your period.
0: That's my main go-to. Hey, Vince, I just want to let you know I'm not going to do the movie because I'm just too busy just fucking prank calling women. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, this is, this is, it starts getting real bad because these directorial, all right, like, uh, Legendary, starring John Cena, September 10th, 2010, it grossed $200,000 in the box office on a budget of 5 million. (laughs) Fuck, I remember there was, um, I think the people from post-wrestling, they started paying, like, they would, their thing was they would buy your ticket if you went to an opening weekend and like if a WWE movie was actually playing theatrically in your town and you went to an opening weekend and one guy went and it was him and this couple and the couple was just pissed off. They couldn't fuck cause he was there. That's so good. That's so <laughs> fucking good. They were like, Hey, loser, can you fucking leave the condemned eight? I'm trying
0: to get a H.J. and a finger some vey. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Can you get the fuck out of here? I'm trying to uh, mac on this hot fucking babe. That's That's so so (laughs) fucking funny. That's so fucking good.
1: Yeah, and then he went to another one, and then it was just like two men on opposite ends sleeping.
0: Yeah, and those men were also angry because they were also planning on fucking as well.
1: Well, it's like how – this must have been – WWE films during the theatrical release in the early 2010s must have been like, oh, this we can do a drug deal there. No one will know. And then someone shows up and you're like, I guess we can't fucking – like, you could have done, like, the actual exchanges they talk about in these shitty action movies. It was like, here's the uranium, here's $5 billion, loudly while the Marine 26 is playing.
0: God bless the fucking Marine Twenty Six. That's the one you fucking want to see because the Marine Twenty Six is actually about a member of ISIS coming to America, and it's mm-hmm. it's Vince McMahon's fantasy of what happens. And it's Saudi Arabia is in charge of the world, and America's just been renamed McMahon Land, and it's populated by only people that are his direct children. <laughs> yeah, and they're all fucking jacked. Anyone who's not jacked gets shot in the street. The Marine in Marine Twenty Six is a is a uh, half man half fish hybrid because Vince McMahon saw that episode of The Simpsons <laughs> where Troy McClure is outed as fucking with fish, and he's like, I'd like to give that a go. But every time he fucks... He's like, mm,
1: I'm done with people.
0: Every time he fucks a fish, it just rips open, so he can't figure out how to do it, and he's very upset.
1: We're going st- to take a break after this, because I do want to talk about the movie Knucklehead. That's where Big Show plays a 35-year-old orphan, and um, check this out. The only... This is the beautiful Christopher Hobson found this movie it has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes um odds are if you're listening to this podcast you vaguely remember Knucklehead October 22nd 2010 uh it's fuck it's like um Big Show plays someone who's dumb but big and helps everybody in like a family comedy the only amount of money chris hobson found attached so to this movie was that it made seven thousand nine hundred and twenty seven dollars in South africa and dennis farina said it was the most embarrassing project of his career
0: uh he, and, and dennis farina has been in a lot of that ba- like dennis farina is clearly one of those actors where it's like if you get his if you can find his agent's phone number he will be in your film we're gonna be back after
1: the break because we get to start t- we get to talk about the chaperone and that is the best movie of all time
0: mmm I don't know what that noise was for. See you in a minute. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about.
1: I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. (laughs) And you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh you're a fucking loser but if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that rate us on itunes it does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh steve slobs's goddamn apple things so rate us on itunes rate us on soundcloud rate us in real life one to ten here's a hint we're both tens
0: Suck my dick and call me Vince McMahon. I don't know what that was. Nice. Now that you, you tied it
1: into a fucking overall theme, and I'm gonna deliver on our overall theme: the greatest movie of all time. The Chaperone was released February 18, 2011. Why is it the greatest movie of all time? Because fucking Triple H clearly saw what fucking uh. I want to see the Rock filmography around this time because it's 2011. I think The Rock is just starting to get, like, super, super big in Hollywood. No, I'm absolutely lying. Of course, The Rock is already a huge movie star. And him and Triple H obviously had a bit of a feud. So why not? Why not actually make your own movies, Triple H? Well, here's why. The Chaperone, which is a movie where a guy gets out of prison. Keep in mind, most WWE films... Drive pretty much straight down the pipe. Like, it's it's a, it's an action movie. There's wrestlers in it. Pretty straightforward. B-movies, action movies. Who cares, right? Just always straight to... They try and reach out with Triple H here a bit. Make a family... A heartfelt family comedy. And uh, it's called The Chaperone. It's got the daughter from fucking Modern Family. It was made for $8.2 million.
0: And the total box office, John... It, what was it? It was. Now I hope you're all sitting down. The total box office was thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand five hundred fifteen dollars.
1: Thirty thirty thousand dollars. They
0: spent eight point two million dollars to make the salary of an Ontario teacher in its in their first year. We I mean I hopefully
1: everyone who's listening to this made more money than that movie did total. And they just ate eight point one. Seven, seven, seven million
0: dollars. So that Triple H can look at The Rock and go, hey, uh, I am a movie star as well.
1: I guarantee, I think they made fun of the chaperone once on TV, but they make fun of how bad the Marine sucks to The Miz, to his face all the time. Yeah, because, I the, can't because the Miz
0: isn't related to Vince McMahon. In the end, the reason why He's they're able to do that, they'll make fun of The Miz. Is it, It's also, by the way, the sh- if you watch tr- I watched Triple H's documentary during the COVID lockdown on the WWE Network, and they go into how professional he was on the Chaperones um, set for a good portion of that documentary. Like to the point, you're like, oh, they thought this was going to be a thing. Like they thought that this was the begin. This was the like the beginning of his fucking launch into mainstream, as opposed to it was the beginning of his continual being mocked on the internet by everyone because fuck you, Triple H.
1: Yeah. And this is the weird thing where it's like, like we talked about off the top, it's like Vince McMahon, I guarantee thought, well, all these guys act every week on TV and every single week on TV, they also do stunts live fucking stunts. Of course this is going to be successful. And it takes him five years of constantly everyone being like, this sucks for him to finally accept. Maybe I should actually get some people who've done movies before in on
0: this bullshit. Yeah, and also it doesn't feel like he actually wants to do that. It doesn't feel like that they want. He doesn't.
1: This is totally him wanting to prove that he can, with his wrestlers, be just as successful as any fucking Hollywood movie.
0: It's it's a very interesting juxtaposition talking about the WWE studios versus talking about Vince McMahon's entire oeuvre in that it's the best example of his tactics work in wrestling because wrestling is a very fucked up weird thing and do not work at all in any other oeuvre because it's just fucking bad.
1: Well, this is the interesting thing is that the switch in tactics is pretty marked because February 2011, now obviously these movies were filming at the same time, but they have a movie called That's What I Am, which you can look up on IMDb, it's PG, it's a kids, uh, it's a child's movie starring Ed Harris, and it's like a heartfelt comedy, and it's got 7.0 on IMDb. Now, I know Vin- Vince McMahon, I know this sounds nuts, but he probably has people he's hired to just put... 10 out of 10 on these movies on
0: IMDb. Do you think Do you Probably. think that he's hired... Do you think that he's... He called Donald Trump after the 2016 election and was like, hey, can you give me the name of that Russian bot farm that you used to get elected so I can use it to give my movies 10 out of 10 on IMDb? Because here's what I think. That 100% happened. Oh, 100%. There's no way that didn't
1: happen. But he gets actual actors where it's like... He gets actual actors, Ed Harris, and the new thing becomes it's Ed Harris in a heartfelt comedy, and then Randy Orton just plays a character in it.
0: I mean, it's so good the idea that Ed Harris had to be in the same area as Randy Orton. Ed Harris, I assume, was reading Dostoevsky and having a mint tea. And Randy Orton came over, took out his asshole, opened his cheeks, wet, <laughs> wet-farted near Ed Harris. Ed Harris took out a switchblade and just held it to Randy Orton's femoral artery and looked him in the eyes and went, You have to understand something about being insane is that you believe that you're insane and others are crazy. I don't want to smell your stink, Randy. And then he just went, by the way, your dad, he's got hepatitis now. And, he, and Randy's like, what? And he's like, oh, I play, my name is Harris. And I play for keeps. And then he kissed him on the forehead and then just went back to his book. But still holding the knife <laughs> on his femoral artery. You just know that Randy Orton's like, I'm fucking crazy. And Harris was like, son, you don't fucking know from crazy, baby. I started smoking at Man. 50 because I was portraying fucking Pollock. I'm fucking crazy. I guarantee Randy
1: Orton was there for the lit-ass catering and was like, "Yo, why come? There's no weed on this catering." <laughs> and then all the cr- and then all the crew people thought Randy Orton was the fucking best. He's like, they were like, uh, "The guy who holds the boom mic keeps telling everyone uh, that Randy Orton should be the star, and Randy Orton keeps telling everyone he's the star because he wants to see how big Ed Harris's dick is, and if his dick's bigger than Ed Harris's dick, he thinks he should also get his Oscars." <laughs> My cock's bigger than yours. Give me your fucking fake statues or whatever. I still maintain that Ed Harris,
0: like, full-on out uh
1: Yeah. I guarantee... Well, maybe Randy Orton beat up Ed Harris and then took a bite of his Oscars, and he's like, I thought these fuckers had chocolate in the middle, and then he just threw it Quick down. point, by
0: the way. Ed Harris has never won an Oscar. He's only been nominated four really? times. Yeah, that's right. I just looked that up because I was like, I don't think he's actually won. And that is oh yeah because they made a big deal about that when Halle
1: Berry was in one of the WWE movies they were like Oscar winner Halle Berry in this movie
0: because she wants a couch or she wants a new fucking uh, yacht Halle Berry yeah oh yeah well this is it's like um, Tim Roth explained why he was in the FIFA movie and it's like why were you in the FIFA movie and he was like I wanted to pay off all my kids' school in six weeks <laughs> and you're like <laughs> Yeah, of course. People need money. I respect you 100%, Tim Roth. I respect you 100%. Because like, people are like, you're in this shit propaganda movie for FIFA. And he's like, yeah, man, I did the math of how much it was going to cost to educate my kids. And then I just said, I want that amount of money. And then they were like, sure. And he was like, sick. And everyone's and like it immediately deflated the argument. Everyone was like, I actually respect that completely. That's a man right there. That's a fucking man. Yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do. Uh,
1: all right, so... This because this colors the entire thing where it's like now WWE Studios is off to the fucking races. They make bending the rules with Edge, they make The Day, they make Barricade. Barricade had no wrestlers in it, neither did The Day, but then it's back. 2013 marks a back to fucking reality, homie, because this is the Marine Three home front, Dead Man Down with Wade Baird, who we talked about. Oh in the yeah, team. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Dead Man Down's fucking sick.
1: But this is interesting because John Cena, I guarantee, isn't as much or as good an actor if he doesn't get those reps of just being in all these 12 rounds in the Marine, all these movies that he gets these basically gets these reps where it doesn't
0: count what happens. I mean, I'm also going to say this. I don't think he's a very good actor. Like he's John Cena just portrays either like weird aloof guy or John Cena in every fucking movie. Like it's not impressive that he's made a transition to acting in this. Po- like it's not like he's in the fucking. It's not like he's in Schindler's he's fucking fuck. list. Everybody.
1: Like let's fuck. It. I mean, you put no matter how good an actor John Cena was, you put him in Schindler's List, and that movie gets no way one better. Is paying attention? Yeah, no one's paying attention to the to the horrifying images on screen. They're just like, why is that jacked guy
0: in the concentration yeah, camp? Yeah. Oh no, he would not be playing a good guy. I got news for you. If John Cena is in Schindler's List, I mean, he is. I
1: still would love just everyone jogging horrible scene and just completely ruins the whole scene because the most buff fucking dude with no balls because he's just on roids so constantly is jogging in that circle in that
0: horrible scene in that great movie. That is pretty sick if that's what happened actually. That would be pretty fucking sick.
1: And Brodus Clay is <laughs> cuz Brodus Clay was in No One Lives
0: Ooh, No One Lives. John, did you see No One Lives? I have not seen... You know what, Dylan? I have not seen No One Lives. I'm sorry to tell you. I know it's a real letdown. I have not seen... Besides The Scorpion King, No Holds Barred, of course, and I think I've seen The First Marine, I've I've made a point of not seeing any other WWE studio films. You can tell who actually like watched these movies
1: because... The Marine is what probably the only franchise with like nine different movies where the ratings actually get better as they go along because like actual people probably watched the first Marine, which is why on IMDb it's four point seven. But then once, um, once it started like going up, like uh, normal people stopped watching it that's when people were like, well, fuck it. I mean, the only people watching this are people who already want to watch The Marine, 5.7. Why
0: are you being so negative? Why can't it actually just be people... They they figured out the formula. Oh, because it's a WWE Studios film. That's why, yeah, you're 100% right.
1: Yeah, no one lives. I mean, I'm sure that... I'm trying to find a better, but no one lives the one I'm seeing, uh, has a rating of 6.0 on IMDb, so that's good.
0: Here's my question, and this is jumping. Countdown was the one that, it took them until 2016 to figure out, oh, let's set a movie in a at a WWE event, correct? Yeah, and
1: Countdown also was really good because it was like, what I think WWE movies should always have been, which is... Kane is a cop. So is Dolph Ziggler. And it turns out that Rusev is in on the plot. And there's a scene where Rusev has a gun and then Dolph Ziggler super kicks him. And it's like, that's just what all these movies should have been. Like, I always thought a movie should have incorporated someone coming up behind Stone Cold Steve Austin, putting a gun to his head, and then he um, grabs the top of their head and stunners them, stunners them and also pulls the trigger at the same time, blowing their head up. With stunnering. The gun stunner. Sweet. And then they actually kill some real jobbers by getting that move on. Oh, that'd that's be really good. Works, the,
0: what's also interesting about Steve Austin and the WWE films is Steve Austin, if they had launched during Steve Austin's hottest period, and also if Steve Austin had not liked wrestling as much as he did it may have been a very different film studio because here's the thing is Steve Austin had the offer to... The character he portrayed on Nash Bridges, he had the offer to turn that into a series because he popped the ratings so fucking much by appearing on that very program. But he liked wrestling too much, so he was like, no, I'm not switching. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay as a wrestler. If, and I guarantee that pissed Vince McMahon right the fuck off because he's like, oh, fuck, if he had actually moved over to that... That would have been way better for my company than um, the Ro- how The Rock did, which is The Rock slowly transitioned all of that sort of stuff. It's a, a very interesting coulda, shoulda, woulda.
1: But also, The Rock has a um, more pleasant face than Stone Cold. Stone Cold really is typecast in that he can only play guy who's tough. Or guy who it's funny because he's not tough. He can play the bodyguard who actually beats people up, or the bodyguard who actually is sensitive in a comedy movie. Those are kind of the two things. There's no way you're gonna be like our romantic lead is stone cold Steve Austin.
0: Disagree. I would. I watch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Every McConaughey. um, uh, Every McConaughey romantic comedy would be improved by a bald man from Texas just being like. Hey, uh, Matthew, I'm your friend. I just want to let you know the best thing you got to do in this is uh, you just got to say hell yeah, man.
1: I really like all these because here's what happens, baby. Um, We get some fun stuff coming up in 2014 because 2013 is a banner year for
0: WWE Studios. They produce four six seven movies it also by the way you can really see who vince mcmahon thinks his stars are because there's almost and again this may have been also cm punk just saying no i don't think cm punk is in a single wwe studios film well he was supposed to be in 12 rounds 2 reloaded yes he was and then they put they put randy orton in it for some reason
1: well cuz they were like oh you're on a European tour so you can't and he was like well I'd rather do the movie and they were like too late european tour sorry Shut up, uh, Randy needs
0: new people to bully and if we don't do that then he gets very testy so he has to be in it and they're like what what no and he's like yeah man well welcome to wrestling it's fucking weird yeah cuz they always how they view you WWE
1: oddly is very much like a high school where it's like if you're cool when you come in then you're always
0: cool but if you're A nerd, you're always a nerd. Yeah, and also, by the way, they they age in the exact same way in that it's like, yeah, they're real cool, and then you're like, wait, are they cool? And they're like, um, no. Yeah, I guarantee if AEW
1: reaches like WCW-like heights, then... And then folds somehow. Uh, The first thing that happens is Cody Rhodes comes in. Everyone's like, maybe they will use him well. Then he jobs to Triple H five times. Triple H is 70 years old. Cody Rhodes actually has to pedigree himself because Triple H can't lift his arms up anymore. And then he is intercontinental champion twice before going right back to Stardust. And Vince McMahon's dying words, uh, his dying wishes, are to put him on top of Cody Rhodes while Cody Rhodes is bent over, and he's like, "Ha ha, I fucked you while I was dead." <laughs> <laughs> and then that's that's what's in it as well. Ceno uh, Evil Two, 2014. This is when it gets real fun because WWE use starts getting helping with the licenses to like. Straight to DVD movies that are sequels because Leprechaun Origins, Hornswoggles the Star, and Jingle All the Way 2 has Santino Morella. That's a wonderful movie. Oh, That's yeah. That's a wonderful, yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful Larry the Cable Guy movie where he says, uh, I just think a wall is the most sensible thing. And Santino Morella goes, a Me too. I'm from. Italy, and
0: Mexico. What I also find crazy is that when do they enter into the agreement... Oh, God, there's the mic. When do they enter into the agreement with uh, Scooby-Doo? Because that's fucking the shit right there.
1: It's it's the movies they always should have been making. That was 2014 as well, Scooby-Doo and WrestleMania Mystery. Oh,
0: yeah, because this is really when they fucking reach their apex, where it's like, who got drunk at fucking Hanna-Barbera and was like, all right, we need to enter into some sort of production agreement with someone, and they're like, well... I only know one fucking I only know one company that suits our brand and that is of course the World Wrestling Entertainment. Right. Get get them now. Get them now on the telephone.
1: John, can you do something for me? I'd love me? to. Can you shut the fuck up for a second because you know what? I can't believe what I didn't discover this beforehand, John. All right, so Scooby-Doo movies are great. Of course, they're doing uh, let's say an example, it's 2016, they do Edge and Lana in Interrogation. They try and launch Edge as like an action star. Um, They do the same thing, 12 Rounds 3, Lockdown with Dean Ambrose, who actually, the weird thing is because they stop hiring explicitly bodybuilders, it doesn't look as goofy having these people in those movies. Like, imagine... And they, I, was, I kept on thinking, like, imagine they tried to do WWE Studios in the 80s, and it was, like, the fucking warlord trying oh, to be a cop. Oh, like, so
0: fucking good.
1: I don't touch my wife, or I'll fuck your fucking skull. Uh, the line is, please don't touch my wife, you're scared. I'm not scared. Okay, well, can, can you stop eating the table? No, there's protein and wood. Yeah, oh my god, who else the reason why i'm sorry that i didn't find this up beforehand apologies uh is that sean michaels and i don't know why i didn't put this sean michaels is in a string uh or two i shouldn't say string this is two two movies that combine wwe fans right with the christian right oh the resurrection yes. of gavin stone Shawn michaels and who else baby Josh Brolin oh. Thanos
0: himself Oh yeah I'm, I'm loving this I'm loving this Keep going Keep going Tell me more about Is the movie just f- uh, 45 minutes of them Going into gay bars Yelling that's bad And then just sitting quietly In the parking lot Having a moment For the audience to pray Because They're making that movie <laughs>
1: So what the movie actually is, is they go to real uh, gay weddings and then Shawn Michaels comes out of nowhere and super kicks uh, one of the grooms. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the movie. And that's the and then uh, and then Josh Brolin goes, they gave me a million dollars. I'll do anything for uh, money. I got and news for you. Takes Josh Brolin strikes
0: me as the kind of guy that he drinks in the way. W- he he drinks where it's like, what day is it, Friday? And they're like, uh, no. And he's like, well, that's when I started drinking, so it's still Friday. Let's keep going, baby. Like, let me put it this way. Oh, wow. Josh Brolin strikes me as he gets Quaid brother drunk. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Here are the people that produce this movie. Distributed by
1: WWE Studios, but Vertical Church Films, Power in Faith, and Walden Media. Walden Media, like Vertical Church Films, um, is like, okay, well, that, Walden Media sounds like one of those very general companies where it's like, oh, we're also the reason, we're the reason that uh, there's Child Soldiers. That was our idea. I just thought
0: it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels, by the way, tried to get a remake of Lethal Weapon where it's just him and Glenn Beck going to mosques and blowing them up. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly
1: assumed you meant Jacobs.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, him and Kane go around to mosques. No, no. Him and Glenn Beck, just they're just driving. They're just driving in a. Re- they're driving in a Prius because it gets reasonable gas mileage, but still. And then they just use the gas that they would use if they were using a regular truck and just burn down mosques. And then uh, Shawn Michaels super kicks the firefighters.
1: Dude, this is so fucking great. There's a movie they made in 2016 called Term Life. Where it's Vince Vaughn is an action movie, and Vince Vaughn has like Justin Bieber's haircut. And
0: he <laughs> oh, the, during the t- time period, I mean, I'm kicking the mic stand like a son of a bitch. This is during the time period where, for some reason Vince Vince Vaughn's career, like he'd made wedding crashes, and then everyone was like, we're done with this guy. And he just kind of fucked off for a while. This Vince Vaughn, this is my favorite Vince Vaughn. Because this is like, Vince Vaughn's got a mansion and he's got bills to pay. So he's just like, yeah, I have that kind of haircut. Just want to let you know, Vince Vaughn is, he's a fan of condoms. I just like chewing on them. <laughs> you hand me a condom, all to eat it, and then we fuck raw. Yeah, 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 yeah. I put the condom in my mouth, so I'm guaranteed protected from hepatitis. I fucked Bob Orton's junior, senior. I don't know his name. <laughs>
1: you get interrogation with Edge and Lana. The other great thing is that WWE Studios and this is the weird thing about Vince McMahon is that he promotes them under their wrestler name so that if you do not know what wrestling is, it really seems like a high budget porn.
0: Oh yeah, that's very funny. Do you think that Vince McMahon doesn't know what porn is? So he thinks he inv- like he keeps trying to pitch what if we just have the wrestlers fuck on camera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he thinks he came up with it. What about this? We make them fuck. I mean, they'll fuck for. F- no, I want to know we made oh, that's them. Oh, it's
0: so fucking fun.
1: They also do a, a thing with the with the Jetsons, which is fun. And like, all right, this is the movie I really thought of when I thought of this. Like, uh, the Marine Five Battleground. Here are the people. The trailer. The poster is the Miz and Maurice. That's, so you're like, oh, The Miz, that sounds like porn. But then it's Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and Naomi. If I don't know what wrestling is, I'll be like, I guess those three guys uh, bone that girl. Yeah. I mean, who reads Bo Dallas and Heath's and uh, Curtis Axel and
0: thinks not porn? Um, I do. That's who uh, I got news for you. Okay, cool. Yeah. That Nice. I get it. Yeah. I'm like, there's only one way to fucking fix this. And that is making sure. Yeah. That's so fucking fucked up.
1: Uh, twenty. I just these are all amazing to me. Twenty seventeen, Ken Jeong and David Hasselhoff, Jim Jefferies, Ron Funches in Killing Hasselhoff. I believe, by the way, that this w-
0: this was a um that was a uh that was an ac- that they acquired that. I don't believe that they actually um. Oh, okay, which is even better. By they were the way.
1: one of the they were one of the distributors, but it is kind of like what I thought they should do, where it's like. I honestly think it should be like once a guy like Edge is good because Edge, you really could... I really think WWE Studios, all their movies should have been the people actually play themselves. Like, Edge retires from wrestling. What's he going to do? Well, he's got to solve some fucking crimes. That's what he's going to do. Like, don't make them play characters.
0: I still say it's... Ab- like, they just shouldn't be a fucking... Um... They're clearly making money. and cl- like And
1: they're working with Warner Brothers, Universal. I didn't think they were making money. I mean they kind of have to be to be making this many movies.
0: Yeah, but again, you It's a public traded tangling, company. Hang like, on. You're tangling with Vince McMahon. It's like again, it could be very possible that when he dies it's revealed like, "Oh, he actually was making all of his money from uh he was uh they were the company that just uh paid for the canvas for uh, genocide concentration camp tents. Like, it's very possible <laughs> that he's into really dark shit. Like, it's like, where did all of Vince McMahon's come? Oh, you, you know the f- the film for child porn? Vince McMahon, he paid for the film. Like, that. that's where he sold the film. That's where he got his money. Like, do you know what I mean? This is the other thing. All right, so there's an entire article on this on Bleacher
1: Report, and it's from 2013, but it's just like... The DVD model is really wow. They came. It's crazy. You can I don't know. I don't have the network, but you can't. You can't just like
0: get all WWE films on the network, can you? I mean, no. Because I guarantee Vince is like because people are still buying the DVDs. I bet you or on the, um, yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's like, no, we're not doing that.
1: Yeah, I'm.
0: So they only produced one movie
1: in 2019 that was fighting with my family, made through the Rocks Production Company, and of course MGM, Lionsgate, and Universal. Yeah, that, that movie was a, event that movie. Of course,
0: year. was not promoted as heavily as they wanted it to be because Paige got um, uh, uh, got hacked, and adult content was put on the internet. And of course, it being the WWE, they blamed her for that and therefore we're not happy that this movie was very successful. It could if they it was a crossover hit despite their not wanting it to be cuz clearly they don't want Paige to be acknowledged as a star and they've essentially broken her mind as a result. Well, this is the thing is that
1: they the Rock promoted it and the Rock is more powerful than the WWE.
0: Yes, the Rock is more He is more so than the WWE, but it's fucking – it's just crazy.
1: But, like, if The Rock promotes something on Instagram, that is more
0: effective than the WWE promoting something. Yes, exactly, unless you're paid – like, I'm just saying fighting with your family is an example of them breaking one woman's mind because they refuse to promote her movie even though clearly (laughs) – but they're starting to make movies that essentially
1: are that make sense for them. Like the the main event is straight to Netflix movie, which is the new straight to D V D. and that had Seamus the Miz, Kofi Kingston, Beth Phoenix, Moral Ronaldo, and Keith Lee in it. Like this yes, is, these are the movies they should make. They just make movies about wrestling. It's what you know how to do. You already have the setup in the performance center, and you can just film an entire movie in the performance center, most likely.
0: Not to mention, I'm sure they had something to do with the big show show, which I watched one episode of and got very excited because Urkel is in it. Hello. (laughs) But yeah, just doing like actual child's, like child, uh,
1: and children's entertainment.
0: Yeah, it's again one of those things where it's all the stuff that they should have done. However, they would, if they had done that, this. I don't know if they could have gotten away with it in the Attitude era, but they should have been doing this 20 years ago, but instead they're doing it now, and so it won't be as successful as it was if they had done it 20 years ago. Because it's Vince McMahon, and he always gets the right idea, but usually at the wrong time. Like, Vince McMahon is the kind of guy that's like, time to go vegetarian uh, the day the forest fire claims all the vegetation. Yeah, but I think he is way ahead of the mark on, like, all these streaming...
1: And the Vince McMahon documentary that's coming out is evidence of this. Is no. that, like he's way ahead of the mark on content. Like everyone just wants content. There's no fucking journalism
0: anymore. Okay, There's, yeah, 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 yeah all right. I agree with you. But and this is a this is a this is a good way to cl- a closing salvo. He's very good at the idea of he wants content. He is terrible at understanding what content they want. That documentary is going to be a ball washing of Vince McMahon, and it's only going to open him up to more fucking scrutiny. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand his place in society and he doesn't understand what people actually think of him. So he's literally going to present he's like, I'm a good man who does good things. And people are going to be like, you are not any of those things. You are a bad guy. And he's like, wrong, good guy. And then that documentary is going to get so much fucking a candidate for the president of the United States is openly saying, if I win, you're going under investigation for employee practices. And I guarantee Vince McMahon is like, ha ha ha, he can't win. He's not white. Like, you have to understand Vince McMahon's a fucking maniac.
1: Yeah. Andrew Yang, of course, uh, think he's going to try and do something. But, I mean, he could just be saying that. Even if he's just saying it, someone's going to do it. I guess. I mean, I honestly think Vince is in a really good point where he's like, um, he runs like an old school Hollywood studio in a way that no one really does anymore where someone will be like, Like, let's say they get a deal with fucking Hulu exclusively. And Hulu's like, we need 30 shows. And Vince will be like, all right, here you go. And they'll be like, that was quick. He's like, oh, we just made them because maybe you'd want them because... All these people are under contract, and the way I have it written up is I get to call them at any time of the day, and they get to choose. They can refuse dates for wrestling, but they can never refuse for acting, so I just film them while they sleep. It's a reality show called Your Life, and I edited it. You don't know that I was filming.
0: Yeah, I just have a vault where I keep all of the shows that we do. And do you
1: want, how many of my divas do you want to see shower? Uh, did they consent to that? I don't know what that means. Yeah. Anyway, here's the t- shower
0: tapes. I'll look up what consent means. Does that mean that they use the shower? Then yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but th- And we didn't even get to the fact Total Divas. Total Divas is probably the biggest success outside of actual wrestling that WWE Studios has had. Total Divas has... Like over ten seasons.
0: Yeah, and it's a crossover. Nine hit. seasons. It's a cross the fuck over hit. Exactly. Then they have Ms. and Misses
1: and the fucking total Bellas. Yeah, it's fucking insane, dude. That's crazy. They've done everything except for anything that's like people look at and are like, "That's good."
0: Yeah, they've done any. They've done everything that that. If does it lack credibility, then welcome to Vince McMahon's fucking neighborhood, baby. <laughs> oh, buddy, this is.
1: Vince McMahon, I don't know what he thinks of himself, but he's the absolute fucking world champion of B-level entertainment.
0: Vince McMahon has broken a variety of mirrors from trying to fuck himself.
1: (laughs) And it's super... I think it's super, super smart of him to get in bed with The Ringer, which is run by Bill Simmons, which is kind of like, supposedly like this nerdy... uh, Sorry, tilt on sports, but in reality... He now gets to like choose his own narratives, like that Andre the Giant HBO documentary came out in twenty eighteen. They never talked about the Bad News Brown incident where he called the Bad News Brown the N word on the bus, and then Bad News Brown was like, "All right, we're going outside and we're fighting," and then Andre was like, "I am sorry," which is not he. They would never want that. They never want the what? What are on the W on the Vince McMahon documentary? What are the odds they talk about the Snooka
0: fucking cover up? I'd say zero. Um, it's like they're more likely to ju- they're more likely to talk about the fact that uh Vince McMahon full hates his son than they are to talk about the um snooker cover up. They're not going to talk about anything. They're not going to the steroid trial will be portrayed yeah. as him being persecuted. You have to understand, strap in for some bullshit. Like it's going to be nuts. How fucking much they're going to wash this fucks balls
1: about how about how um people misunderstand wrestling and you'll probably get two episodes on how he was like his horrible childhood
0: and being molested i don't think we uh, no, because that would betray weakness i guarantee there is going to be none of that that's crazy yeah
1: if if he gets i don't know this is the one thing he could be working with them so they get access and they could just pull back and be like we get editorial rights and then he'll fucking try and block it so that would be interesting but anyway that was our episode on wwe studios john what's your favorite wwe movie no holds barred baby and what do you think is the worst one? Have you seen a WWE movie? No, that's already been covered on this very program. I'm going to say Marine 5. That's the worst one? You're a fucking idiot. All right, my favorite WWE movie is The Rundown. You know, want to know why? Because other than... Uh, I've, it's the only one I've seen. <laughs> the Rundown. I've watched The Rundown. It's good. It's not a WWE movie at all. It's for sure they just wanted to use the name The Rock, but... It's good. I think the probably the best WWE movie seemingly is See No Evil because that's just right up their alley, buddy. Kane, chokeslamming people. Also, they had just done the Katie Vick angle, so I imagine one of the girls in the movie is called Katie Vick.
0: Oh, yeah, she is. I Probably the best... Bo- the, yeah. the worst WWE films is the Katie Vick footage. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Wrestler View, Dylan Dylan Gottsy... No, 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 no. The best one
1: is probably The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. No. Because, uh, <laughs> Josh Brolin is probably eating catering while they film all the <laughs> scenes cuz he cares so little. And then Sean Michaels is like uh I want to be Thanos. What if Thanos wore long pants? Yeah,
0: Sean Michaels just keeps just being like, "Well, uh, how could uh, it's my yard though?
1: Um
0: if you punch me, I'm not going to react." Yeah. Because uh you you wouldn't hurt me. Yeah, that's not how that works. Uh all right, we're ending this episode now cuz I have to go get my laundry
1: sure all right thanks very much for listening guys (laughs) as always you can get you can get to us on instagram at wrestler review twitter at wrestler review patreon.com backslash wrestler review for our episode on wade barrett that we just released and we'll have one coming up for disco inferno those were listener episodes meg mckay asked for Wade. Wade Barrett, John Cooper asked for fucking Disco Inferno. So if you guys uh, get your fucking. If you pay 20 bucks a month or more, get your goddamn requests in because we still have people that pay 20 bucks or more but haven't got their requests in. So please do that. You get four requests per year. Some people did four the first year and then just nothing fucking after that so please do that thanks so much for listening guys you guys are amazing please rate
0: and subscribe i'm on twitch twitch twitch.tv backslash john hastings comedy uh sunday through thursday at uh 2 p.m 5 p.m or 10 p.m depending on your time zone figure out which one's which bitch dylan i love you i hate all of you suck my butt
1: sweet bye bye thanks for listening
0: guys.